Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 56 of Lifelong. My name is Heidi Kumjan and I am your host of Lifelong Podcast. Thank you for being here. So where are my women? My women in the audience, I know it is about 90% of my audience are women. So this episode is for those of you who are childbearing age and are maybe thinking about getting pregnant because today's episode is all about birth. We're going to be breaking down the misconceptions of home birth. We're going to be talking about the role that oxytocin plays in birth. And Haley Begner, my guest today, is going to also encourage the audience to trust their body and really just educate you all about physiological birth. So Haley Begner, my guest today, is a mom of four and a hypnobirthing and birth education teacher. She came into this work when she had her first child 11 years ago and was quite traumatized by the process um, going through the medical system. So following that, she felt really inclined to have home births and eventually a free birth since that point. And from that point in time when she experienced her first home birth, it totally changed her life and she wanted to become trained in hypnobirthing and educate people about home birth and really just physiological birth in general. So today's conversation is going to be a juicy one. We're talking about birth and all of those kinds of things. So buckle up, sit back, grab a cup of tea, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Haley. Hey, how are you? Good. I know it's afternoon for you across the pond, and I appreciate you making the time to be here and talk about birth and hypnobirthing and all the wonderful things. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. I've never brought a guest on to talk about birth, thinking about my my own personal life and starting a family in a couple years, whatever that timeline is. Mm-hmm. selfishly I need to learn and I figured you know my audience is like-minded and they're yeah. they're they likely want to learn as well and there's a yeah. lot of young women in my audience so this is going to be wonderful but let's get right into it yeah I want to hear your story I want you to tell your story to the audience I know you're a mom of four yes and if you're comfortable can you please just tell your story and kind of how you got to where you are today yeah definitely so yeah I'm a mum of four my eldest is 11 he's 12 this year I literally can't believe it oh I know it's really emotional um yeah and my youngest is she's like 19 months my story is like so varied because I definitely was not in the place that I am today 12 years ago when I was pregnant with him in terms of I mean just everything how I approach life you know like I've like done a complete turn in terms of the way I live my life from everything to health you know to toxic load to you know just doing things more naturally and and questioning mainstream things so I completely wasn't there 12 years ago 
and I had him in hospital. And I didn't even, I would never even questioned that. You know, it would never, it wasn't even in my sphere. No one had even said to me that home birth is a thing, which is just obviously crazy to me now. So my birth with him was, I would say, within the mainstream world, what would be considered to be a normal birth. And when I look at it now compared to what I've experienced, I would say that it was quite traumatic. And that's, mm. you know, that's quite concerning, right? That most women, right. what they consider to be normal sh has just been normalized, but it's not actually normal. So yeah, birth in hospital. I knew that I wanted a natural birth. That's all, that was my, you know, parameters. I want a natural birth. I don't want to be too difficult. You know, I'll go with the flow a little bit. And actually that's really the worst thing you can do because you're just opening yourself up to somebody else taking complete control really of how your birth turns out. So it was a vaginal birth, but yeah, I had pain relief and which was just really gross and made me feel really awful and then ended up with an episiotomy, which I now realize was completely unconsented. And I think the postpartum recovery was really tough. And it was, I, was, I think I was quite shocked, to be honest. You know, I knew that I wanted a natural birth and the only thing, the only two things that I said that I really don't want to happen, I don't want an epidural and I don't want an episiotomy. I did end up with an episiotomy and I was birthing on my back. It was just all the things that are just really not ideal for birth. So then fast forward to four years later and I'm pregnant with my second. And what I knew from my first birth is I had done pregnancy yoga and, you know, done a little bit of the relaxation for birth. And I knew that my breath had got me so far in a really long labor. And I thought to myself, you know, if just going to a yoga class once a week and practicing breathing for birth could have got me through as far as it did, I knew that there was more there to, to be explored. And I had heard about hypnobirthing and I thought, you know what, there's no harm in just giving it a go. And so I did an online course and immediately, you know, my mind was blown, to be honest, because I was just being told things that really we should just be taught in school and growing up and at home, you know, and we're just, we're not. Just even the very fact that you can choose everything that you do in pregnancy and birth, like everything is your choice. And that to me, I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> it just opened up a complete can of worms. So around 30 weeks pregnant, I realized that I wasn't gonna get this birth that I wanted if I was going to birth in hospital. It just wasn't going to happen because environment matters so, so much. And so around 30 weeks pregnant, maybe 32 weeks, I actually planned to birth at home. So it was quite a last minute decision. And once I planned that, I just sort of never looked back. And his birth was very straightforward, very uneventful. What, you know, potentially quite a boring story, you know, I think because we, as <laughs> growing up, we hear all these horror stories about birth you know, and right, birth is right. this emergency situation. And oh my goodness, I know so-and-so that 
have this happen to them? And then she got rushed here and da 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 da, and the baby nearly died and she nearly died. And I think we're, there's so much of that emergency drama that actually a, a normal birth is one that is pretty boring and uneventful, but obviously beautiful. And, and I just, yeah, I just wanted to shout from the rooftops, like, this is how birth should be. This is how it's designed to be. My third birth was at home and it was even more hands off than the previous one. And then my last birth was an unassisted birth at home, a complete wild pregnancy and unassisted birth. So I was completely sort of outside of the wow. system for the pregnancy and birth. And... I'm, I, I can't tell you the difference between, I mean, recovery, but just your emotional, physical state, everything between, you know, a hospital birth and a home birth. And I think nearly, I mean, everyone that oh. I know that has birthed at home and has birthed at hospital will 100% agree with that as well. But yeah, so after that first home birth, I was like, I've got to make this my mission to just, you know, I just became completely... Yeah wrapped up in it and was like, I want to spread this word. And I became a hypnobirthing teacher, trained to become a hypnobirthing teacher and have since then gone on to do like further education with regards to women taking full responsibility of their pregnancies and births. So that's where I am at the moment, working with women and couples that really are just planning a natural birth. And sometimes they don't know they can't even fathom like how that's going to happen. They can't sort of mm -hmm. quite grasp like, oh, I like the idea of birthing at home, but I, you know, it's so far removed from what we are, most of us are brought up to see as normal right. that they can't. So really the first step is, you know, just starting the birth education. And that in itself is, mm -hmm. is just mind blowing to most people. It just takes the scare, yeah. the complete scariness out of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And I have a million follow-up questions. So now I need to figure <laughs> out which one I want to dive into, yeah, into first. But I guess the, the first one that keeps coming back to me is when you were at 32 weeks with your second baby and you decided to do a home birth, what did you need to do in that mm -hmm. in those next few weeks? For those maybe very unfamiliar, myself included, with the, the process of even like planning a home birth and getting set up, what did you need to do in those following weeks? Well, for that pregnancy or that birth in particular, I decided to speak to private midwives. It, it works obviously a little bit differently in the UK. So I was under a hospital and most UK hospitals, most have home birth teams. But I mean, that in itself is a whole other can of worms, really. And actually, there's that, that sense that there's no difference to the US in terms of whatever midwife you get, whether they're private or working for a hospital, they're still medically trained midwives. But for me back then, that was the right step for me at the time, was just speaking to a private midwife mm -hmm. because I knew that being under the hospital was not going to get me that home birth I wanted. I don't even think I was within their catchment for a home birth team. That's that's why I spoke to private midwives. And they were, you know, these midwives were particularly experienced in home births as well. So 
there was that piece of having them there to sort of ask all the questions that I, I, you know, had no idea about. And we also had a family friend that was a doula who we spoke to at, at length, who is so, you know, her expertise is witnessing physiological birth. But in terms of like mm. planning, there wasn't really anything that needed to be done. And, you know, for me, I wanted a birth pool and that's probably the, as complicated as it gets. And what I've learned in subsequent births, I, you know, I have had birth pools for each of my births, but actually what I know is that you don't, you, you really don't need anything. I know that sounds like really extreme, mm. but towels are really handy. Like loads of towels are super, super <laughs> handy. And there are loads of comforts. There are loads of comforts that will make the experience more pleasant and easier. But in terms of what we actually need, you know, if you've got a shower or a bath, that's lovely. Yeah. But a lot of women don't like being mm -hmm. in the water for birth as well. So it's not a necessity. So in terms of like preparation, there's really... Mm -hmm not much that you need to do it's more mindset I would mm -hmm. say yeah I want to go into that eventually and and maybe within this next question so hypnobirthing what mm. does that even mean yeah that's a good question because it's a really silly word as well but there's not really any other word <laughs> to replace it but yeah hypnobirthing is essentially hypnosis for birth and it's not what most people that think of hypnosis as being like staged hypnosis is, you know, not that what we see in entertainment. It's completely right. not that. Mm -hmm. The crux of hypnobirthing is really just words and language used in a positive way to rewire and reprogram the brain to make you feel safe and secure about birth. That's, that's, that's like the actual crux of what hypnobirthing is. Mm -hmm. And then we bring in breathing techniques. We bring in visualizations. We br bring in, you know, a whole toolbox of tools, actually. And all of those together help to rewire and reprogram the brain. So, you know, we know that the brain mm -hmm. is essentially a bit like plastic. You know, it's not set. Mm -hmm. And so... Most of us, deep in our subconscious, do have unhelpful thoughts and beliefs about birth, just from how we've, most of us, I don't want to say all of us, but most of us have been conditioned in society and brought up, you know, even subconsciously watching a TV show like Friends, where Rachel's giving birth or Phoebe was giving birth. On your back, you're pushing till your face goes bright red, you know, you're in a hospital setting, a hospital gown, you're screaming, you're sweating, you know, that sends certain messages to our subconscious brain mm -hmm. that we don't even realize. But so there's that element to it. But then there's also like stories that we hear, as I said to you right at the beginning, you know, most of the stories that we hear of birth that are mostly rooted in medical, medicalized birth are scary and emergency situations. So Basically, our filing cabinet in our brain that stores the file on birth is, is birth is scary, birth is an emergency, and birth is a medical mm. situation. 
And so when your brain has that filing cabinet on birth, that birth is an emergency, when you actually go into that scenario, when you actually give birth, all your brain knows is that you're in danger. So hypnobirthing is mm. essentially getting rid of that file and putting a new one in. That you are, birth is safe, birth is a normal physiological process. Yeah, that really, really makes sense. And it's essential because of the way our society is and how most of us have been brought up, like you said, yeah. thinking and seeing TV versions of what we think birth is. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of unlearning to do and a lot of Definitely. rewiring that is essential. So I really really love that. And I, I stand by all different kinds of rewiring techniques for whatever aspect to better to better yourself and your life. I think that there are a lot of misconceptions about birth as well as far as like pain and maybe it needing to be a medical intervention. You know, there's women that friends of mine, there, there's people I've talked to, you know, thoughts I've had myself where it's like, how on earth is a baby supposed to like fit out of such a small area? Like mm -hmm. that probably really will hurt. What are some of the physiological changes that occur in the body that actually promote a effortless birth? That is really important. And actually, you know, when when I teach hypnobirthing, the course that I teach, you know, the first part is the the birth education, the you know, the physiological aspect, the mechanics of birth and the hormones, because once you understand that, that's not the part necessarily that rewires your brain. But when you understand that, you sort of go, oh, mm -hmm. it's meant to, it's meant to work like mm -hmm. this, you know, of course. And, you know, that's really amazing. But so, I mean, obviously the first thing, and we'll probably get on to talking about that afterwards, I'm not sure if it's best to do it before or afterwards, is, is the hormone oxytocin, which is obviously yeah. the hormone that we need to birth. And I mean, that, that hormone in itself is the hormone that is responsible for birth being designed to be an ecstatic experience. And I know I could see, you know, when you're asking the question and you're like, I don't want to say painless, but for some women, birth is painless, but it's so taboo wow. to say that. Mm. For some women, birth is painless. And for some women, I mean, me most women actually that do hypnobirthing and, and, and some that don't as well, wouldn't necessarily describe their births as being painful they describe them as being really intense and hard work, but not necessarily painful. So we can, we definitely, within hypnobirthing, we sort of reframe, you know, pain. But there are a whole cascade of physiological processes that happen within the body that make birth possible and make it so that birth is efficient when we when when it's undisturbed and when we create the right environment and the right conditions for birth it can be really smooth and really efficient and that's how it's designed to be because I mean if it wasn't there would be 
a pretty huge flaw in the human race. I don't mm-hmm. think we'd have made it this far. Right, right. So, yeah, oxytocin is the hormone that's obviously responsible for birth being less painful, essentially. That is, it's not, you know, it, it's oxytocin has got a huge, it's got so many purposes, but it's ultimately the primary hormone that's responsible for your contractions, what I call surges, and for milk ejection. So that's really important, obviously. And it is also the hormone that's responsible. When oxytocin's elevated, you produce more endorphins. And endorphins are your body's natural pain relief. And they're said to be many, many times more effective than medicalized morphine. So we have our bodies, yeah, we have our body's own Mm. pain relief system. We have it. It's incredible. So, I mean, we can come back to oxytocin, but yeah, I think it is really interesting to talk about the changes that actually happen in the body. And, And I think I was talking about it with my husband, actually who's obviously a big advocate of home birth as well, but he was, he described, (laughs) he described the changes in the body as not being just like this physiological change, but it's a complete metamorphosis of your spirit, your body, your mind, you know, your emotions. Mm. Essentially birth is really the, the culmination of, you know, a continuum of pregnancy resulting in birth. You know, the changes start from pregnancy and, before birth, your body is already gearing up for preparing for the birth without you even knowing a lot of the time, you know, to the increase mm-hmm. in lubrication, to, to your practice surges, which some women don't feel and some women do feel, but it's often labeled as like stop-start labor, but your uterus is actually, you know, practicing the surges and toning getting ready for birth your cervix is going through changes that you wouldn't even notice yeah it's it's not you know we we everyone knows about dilation and seems to be so focused on dilation being how much the cervix opens but actually that's just a small part of of what it means to be ready for birth you know the cervix is softening and it's thinning and it's moving before any of this happens before it starts to open you know, the the vaginal paths, people, like you say, like, oh my God, like how could a, a human being like fit through that? The vagina isn't actually stretching. <laughs> the perineum does stretch, but the vagina is not actually stretching. It's actually unfolding. So the walls of the vagina are like, one of my hypnobirthing mentors called it like the fjords of Norway, like in and out, in and out, in and out. And so as a baby's passing <laughs> through, the folds are really just opening, which is incredible. You know, your coccyx bone is designed to move out of the way, which is why being on your back is not optimal because your coccyx bone can't move. You know, when we let our bones move, we're creating extra space in the pelvis. So, you know, the perineum is designed to stretch to be paper thin. It's designed to do that. So the body is designed perfectly and then, on top of that, you've got your endorphins and your oxytocin, which is going to be kicking in a pleasure and reward system and a pain, your your body's own like pain relief, essentially. So that 
kind of further drives your point of there's not a whole lot you need to do to prepare because your body knows what to do. Yeah. And so I think, you know, being able to almost just surrender to the process and trust and just like let go mm-hmm. could be so beneficial for someone giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. Like your mind is half of battle. You know, like mm-hmm. environment is like a big thing, huge thing. But also your mind can quite easily sabotage, you know, by thinking I should be doing mm-hmm. this or, you know, even when you, I mean, or and the doctor happen. said this yeah exactly yeah yeah and your mind yeah can just so easily just sabotage the birth process it's mm-hmm. fascinating it's super super interesting and so yeah I think there is this huge misconception that birth is something that you need to do um, and I think it's really important that you know women know they don't actually, they don't need me to tell them how to birth. You don't need, like birth education part is a great part of understanding your body Mm -hmm. and leaning deeper into trust of your body. But I, you don't need to be taught how to give birth. Your body is, Mm -hmm. just knows exactly what to do, like you said. Yeah. But there are, yeah, there are so many other physiological changes that are happening and you know oxytocin in itself is just a fascinating and incredible hormone so yeah that has so many functions in the whole birth process yeah yeah I love I love learning about all this so I appreciate you sharing I am jumping around with the questions but what would some of the biggest misconceptions of a home birth be Mm. I think the biggest misconception is that it's it's risky and that it's not safe. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest one. And you know, another one with regards to risk is that you can only give birth at home if you're classified as low risk, which oh. again, a lot of women, you know, will wait until their midwife or their obstetrician has okayed it for you to birth at home, which is just like crazy. (laughs) It's crazy that we are like, you know, essentially asking someone else, you know, if it's okay that we birth at home. I think other misconceptions are that it's messy and there's going to be like, oh, my husband couldn't deal with that. Like he, you know, he won't want to clear up the blood and the this and the that. And actually it can, you know, it is messy and raw and beautiful, but it's not like, there's not like a huge, you know, cleanup operation that that needs to happen. It can be really simple as well. (laughs) And I think obviously people's biggest worry is about all of the what if emergencies, you know, but what if this happens and what if that Mm -hmm. happens? But yeah, I think the biggest misconception is that birthing at home is risky. And actually, for me, you know, that is, it is such a misconception because knowing what I know now, personally, giving birth in hospital is way more risky. 
And I think yeah. some people will find that hard to hear. And that probably was me 10, 11 years ago as well. But I mean that even the evidence sort of shows that you, even just intending to birth at home, so even if you don't end up birthing at home, but you intend to birth at home, you are you know, far less likely, you have a reduced risk of so many things, of reduced risk of C-section, reduced risk of wow. third and fourth degree tears, reduced risk of instrumental delivery, reduced risk of postpartum hemorrhage. You know, there's so many risk factors that are reduced just from having the intention to birth at home. But what would you say if someone kind of responds to you after you saying, well, there's, you know, risk is a misconception, but then what if they say, well, why did so many mothers and babies die during childbirth in mm -hmm. the 1800s or yeah, something I like think, that. I think that's quite a misconception as well because actually, you know, what we can see from statistics now shows that there's more surgical birth, there's more birth in hospital and mortality rates and not declining you know <laughs> we didn't we weren't as clear on like hygiene and yeah like hygiene practices and running water and disinfecting things and things like That's that true. so yeah there was a general risk across the board and actually you know what they also found was they when they medicalized birth back then and they took birth back into the hospitals was that they were then having increasing mortality rates because they didn't know that they, the doctors shouldn't go between dead bodies and then delivering babies without washing their hands. Like in between, like there was oh no like gosh. hygiene practices in medicalized setting. So I think it's quite funny that people have got this idea in their head that suddenly birth went into hospital and mortality rates went down. And that's really not the case. Yeah. I heard that the US has one of the top mortality yes. mm -hmm. rates in the hospital yeah. too. Yeah. Which is mind boggling. Mm -hmm. If people knew that, plus had the knowledge of physiological birth, mm -hmm. we would be in a much better place. So I yeah. really appreciate you educating people about this. And gosh, there is a lot to learn and unlearn. Yeah, there is so much. There is a lot of unlearning, a lot of unlearning to do and you know I hold my hands up because it was it was me as well you know mm -hmm. yeah that's good it sounds like you had a good support system though if your husband has been on board for three three home births <laughs> yeah I mean I was particularly my situation was probably different to many women in that I was doing I was doing the hypnobirthing course and there was a birth video that we were told to watch and I watched this video and I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. It changed my world watching this woman give birth. And I was just like, that is just so normal. Like, I can't believe I've just witnessed this. And it was just <laughs> beautiful and calm. And I showed it to my husband and he came back to me and he said, do you know what the difference between that birth and what we're planning is? And I was like, what? And he was like, she's at home and we're going to hospital. 
And so he was the one that pointed it out to me. Wow. And I was like... I got chills. Yeah, I was just like... Just thought he was ridiculous. <laughs> just like... <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, we can't give birth at home. And then it wasn't until, I, you know, we started speaking to other people and <laughs> that, it, that it became an option. So, yeah, he's been a big, a big support. Wow, that's beautiful and important. Yeah. I love this conversation. I want to learn so much more. You yeah. have a lot of great resources over on Instagram. You have your course. Are there any final resources that you want to share with the audience and where can everyone find you? Yeah. So if anyone wants to know more about like oxytocin, because I think that's such a fascinating topic, there's Dr. Sarah Buckley. You can just, you can just Google her. I think she's got like a free ebook that you can download. And there's another Dr. Kirsten Bouvness Moberg, who is another expert on oxytocin. I think she's got a book called The Oxytocin cool. Factor. So they're really good resources on like hormones and stuff. But obviously, awesome. I within my course, I teach, you know, all about the mechanics of birth, the intricacies of the hormones of birth and planning for postpartum, which is a whole other topic that we haven't even touched <laughs> yes. upon. Yeah. So within my course, that's sort of covered. And if you go on to my website, which is nakedbirth.co.uk, you can actually look at all of the modules and you'll see exactly what's included in there, as well as all the hypnobirthing tools and techniques and stuff as well. Yeah, and obviously my Instagram account has, I've got like loads of videos on there, which might be helpful to people as well. Absolutely. Well, this has been wonderful, Haley. I appreciate it. I know everyone's going to enjoy the episode and thank you again. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.